everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again to our podcast. We call it Practical Wisdom from the Word of God, and that's because the Word of God is practical to our daily living. We're not talking religion or doctrine. We're talking about our relationship with Jesus and how the Word of God teaches us the way that we can function in that relationship and how it can cause us to overcome in the world in which we live today. And it's an interesting world. My name is Bill Kiefer, and once again, welcome. We've been talking about the ideas related to becoming more than conquerors in this life. I believe God wants us to overcome. Jesus said we don't have to fear, we can be of good cheer, because he had already overcome the world. The world is the system that governs the planet on which we live. Uh, and he said that because, uh, or First John said, chapter 5 says that because we are born of him, we also can be overcomers or overcome the world. And that is the same that uh, idea that Paul had when he said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So how do we come, become that? How does that work in terms of our everyday living? And we've been looking in depth over the last number of, of podcasts at what it means to wait for or wait on God. And that is a key, important skill that we need to learn to develop. We don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. But waiting is part of everything that we do in life, and it's also part of our faith life. We have to understand that if we're trusting God, God is going to do it. Now, though there may be things we need to obey or things that God tells us to do or principles that we're applying, in the end... God is the one who has to do it, and I've found in my life most of the time that means there's waiting involved. And so if we learn to wait effectively, and that's the the key phrase, how do we wait effectively? If we learn to wait effectively, we will have uh, uh, effective results or in in our, our faith life, we'll see God do the things he wants to do in our lives, but we've got to learn how to wait. And the devil knows that, and that's why he puts so much pressure on us when we're waiting. Now, we've looked at a lot of things, and right now we're in Isaiah chapter 40, and Isaiah 40 is the waiting scripture in the Bible. Everything in Isaiah chapter 40 has to do with waiting to one in one way or another, and it culminates in the very uh, last uh, scriptures or verses in that chapter, 30 and 31. But before we look at 30 and 31, we need to understand the context. And so last time we talked about the first 16 verses of this chapter, important that you read them, although sometimes looking at them, it doesn't seem like they have anything to do with waiting, but they have everything to do with waiting because we have to understand what to expect and who we're really waiting for. What is this waiting all about? And so he starts the chapter by saying, comfort, comfort my people. And I want you to know that God's motive is always to bring comfort into our lives. And I like to just, uh, define comfort as it's when God says everything's going to be all right from a scriptural perspective. And so when God is saying it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. He says to Israel, your sins have been forgiven. Uh, you've already you've already gone through what you have to go through for that. And so good 
good things are coming. And I want to encourage you and let you know that though we go through things in life, there's nothing in the Bible that says you won't. Though we go through things in life, we need to understand that Jesus paid the price for our sin and the door is open for us to walk in victory in the things of God. And even when we're going through things, see, that's where the waiting comes. We need to know God has something good for us and something good is going to happen in my life. Uh, Oral Robbie used to say that something good is going to happen to you and people got upset with him. How do you know something good is going to happen? Because we serve a good God. He said, don't worry about it, Israel. You've been through problems. You've repented. Uh, There have been consequences, but now something is coming that's going to be good. And God is saying to you today, I believe this, be comforted because something good is going to happen. And then the next part of that, as we go through that scripture, God is really letting us know, reminding us, who are you waiting for? You're not waiting for Joe Blow down the road. You're not waiting for the government. You're not waiting for even your husband or your wife or your children or your boss or a friend. You're waiting on and for God. And God is going to do what he said. And not only is he going to do it, he goes through all these verses. And you read through those through the first 26 verses of the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40, and you'll find out that God says, listen, I've got this. I can do anything. I don't need, I don't need counsel. I don't, I'm not lacking in power. So when you're waiting on God, you need to realize God knows what he's doing. And even more than that, he can do anything he says he will do. And as we wait on him and trust in him, He'll do it for us. Now, today I want to pick it up at verse 27 because there are a couple of things that are real keys and real ways, I should say, that the devil tends to attack our waiting. And they come out in this verse. Now, he's already said in the first 26 verses, uh, good things are coming. Your sins are forgiven. And I am God, by the way, so that's who you're waiting for. In verse 27, he says this, So why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Now, this is very interesting. This is this is language that, you know, we tend to maybe not grasp uh, as, as easily. The, certainly the old King James, this is a new King James. Let me read the same verse out of the New Living. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? And then he goes on to talk about some things we'll get to in a moment. How can you say that God ignores your rights? Now, you would never say, God, you're ignoring my rights. You wouldn't put it that way. But many times that's how we feel, isn't it? We look at a situation and we say, God, I don't understand why I have to wait for this. I don't understand. Don't you know what I'm going through? Have you ever said that to, to, maybe not to God personally, although I have said times. I mean, I've said, God, uh, are, are we not watching here? Do you not understand what's happening and how urgent this is? We're all like that. and we, But we might not put it that way, but we'll put it this way. This just isn't fair. Have you ever said that? It isn't fair. God, it's not fair. That person seems to have everything go their way. I don't have anything go my way. And now the situation is on me. And and I hear this person over this podcast telling me I have to wait. I read in your word talking about waiting. Why do I have to wait? What's the problem? Don't you understand? And therein is the, 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 the crux of this matter that we don't think God understands and we don't think God knows. 
knows and we think, and I love the way it comes out here, why are you ignoring my rights? Uh, and that's, 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 again, not what we say to God. We know full well that God doesn't ignore our rights, but we feel like there's something wrong in this. There's something unjust. Now, let me tell you something. There are two words that we kind of get confused in some languages. I deal with the Spanish world a lot, and in Spanish, the word uh, fair and the word just are basically translated the same way most of the time. There is another word in Spanish that would be more uh, more applicable to how we view fair. Let me put it to you that way. But fair and just in English are not the same thing. Fair means everybody gets the same thing. And so we can look around and say, God, this isn't fair. Uh, this person seemed to get their need met, and that happened for my brother over there. It isn't fair that I have to wait. It isn't fair that this is taking so long. It isn't fair that you haven't moved yet. Well, the term fair simply means everybody gets the same thing. We are, we are totally messed up in our society and culture right now because we think everything should be fair. If everybody should get the the same opportunity, everybody should should have the same results. We we are in this phase of things where even in children growing up and in sports, sports is supposed to teach us a lot of things, but they're supposed to teach us how to win and how to lose. But instead, we want it all to be fair, so we don't keep score. I coached basketball for one of my grandchildren for a little while, and and that was the way it was there. They didn't want us to keep score. It didn't matter who won. It didn't matter who lost. Everybody gets the same thing. We all get a trophy. It's got to be fair, but life isn't fair. Everybody doesn't get the same thing, and I, I hate to tell you this because some of you are going to rebel against this thought, but God isn't fair. We don't all get the same thing. Do you know why? Because we don't all need the same thing. God made us and he knows us and he knows what we need and he knows what's right for our life and he knows how to meet our need in the best way possible, but that may not be the same way he met somebody else's need. That may not be the same way he dealt with somebody else. You know, it wasn't fair that Peter, and if, you, if you're familiar with the Gospels, there was a time when Jesus uh, was addressing his disciples and Peter gave him an answer that was outstanding and Jesus commended him and said, you did really good, Peter. And then not too long after that, uh, Jesus begins to tell them that he's going to have to go to, to Jerusalem and die. And, and Peter comes to Jesus and say, no, nah, listen, it's not going to be that way. I'm not going to let that happen. And Jesus turned to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't think like God, you think like men. It wasn't fair for him to say to Peter. I mean, he just had a good day. He started out the day really good, but then the day got really bad. It wasn't fair for him to say th- something like that to Peter, but he said it because he knew what Peter needed. There's a there are two stories, and, and I wasn't going to go into these. I didn't in the blog, but I'm going to go into them here because we need to understand this. And that is the story of the rich young ruler and the story of Zacchaeus. Now, the rich young ruler was a, a Jewish young man who, who was uh, a good believer. He was a good Jewish person. He, he kept the law. Jesus said to, He said to Jesus, what do I have to do, do to be saved? Jesus tells him, keep the law. And uh, he basically says, well, I've always done that. I've done that from my youth. And then he looks at him, and the Bible says Jesus looked at this man and loved him and said, well, you need to sell everything you have and give it all to the poor. Come and follow me. 
And the guy got offended. He got upset. The Bible says he, he went away sorrowful because he had a lot of stuff. Well, there's another guy. His name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, there's an old little children's song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for, uh, because he wanted to see Jesus. And that's not quite how the song goes, but you know what I'm talking about. And so Zacchaeus was. He was a short little guy. But he had become a tax collector. He was a crook. He wasn't a good Jewish believer. He didn't keep the law. He was a crooked tax collector. He climbed up in a tree to see Jesus, probably for selfish reasons or just uh, maybe not selfish, but just curiosity. And he's up there looking at Jesus and Jesus walks under the tree and he turns around, he points at Zacchaeus and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And so Zacchaeus is overwhelmed. He ends up on the ground. He, he goes home and prepares the way for Jesus to come to his house. And Jesus goes to his house, sits down and has dinner. And uh, Zacchaeus is so moved that he stands up and says, I'm, I'm going to reform. I'm going to give back everything that I've stolen up to half of my wealth. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. This good Jewish man came and Jesus said, you've got to give it all away. This, this crooked tax collector came and Jesus did not correct him, did not rebuke him when he said, I'm just going to give half of it back. You see, why were those two things approached so differently? If we're looking at it from the standpoint of fairness, it would have been fair for him either to say half to both or all to both. But they weren't the same people, were they? The tax collector's problem was his pride and his money. So Jesus loved him and said, listen, we're going to take care of that for you. Now, if he had understood, the Bible says, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and God will repay you in like kind. Jesus wasn't telling him he was going to end up poor. Jesus was telling him to make an investment in a different place, in the, in the spirit instead of the natural. And God would have taken care of him. And he was offering him the wonderful... Uh, the wonderful honor of being one of his disciples. That's what he said to his disciples. And the man couldn't do it because he had that problem. Now, Zacchaeus' problem was different. I, I picture it this way. Zacchaeus was a short little guy. And as a short little guy, he was probably picked on as a kid. As he grew up, he didn't get much taller. I, I can relate to that. I, I was the same height that I am now when I was in seventh grade. And so uh, everybody grew up and I didn't grow up. Well, this guy was short. He was probably picked on. Now, this is conjecture. I know that. Why did Jesus look at him and say, out of nowhere, I'm coming to your house? He didn't know Zacchaeus because he knew that his problem was not his money. His problem was something in his heart. He had been wounded, and Jesus knew that he needed healing. He needed that love. Now, the, the rich young ruler, he needed love too, and Jesus gave it to him. He said, sell all you have and give it to the poor, and then he let him walk away. Zacchaeus stood up and said, listen, I'm so touched by this. I'm going to give back half. Well, why isn't that, uh, why did Jesus not say that's not fair? Because he doesn't operate unfair. He operates on just and he operates on what we need. Just is when we get what we need or get really what we deserve. Now, we, of course, deserve, uh, it's, it, they said, it said in this, in the New, uh, uh, New Living Translation, why do you ignore my rights? Well, here's something you need to understand. We don't get rights. We got Jesus. Hallelujah. In myself. I have no right. You know what I have a right to? An eternal separation from God in a fiery hell. That's what I have a right to. 
but Jesus gave me mercy and grace, and so I don't get what I deserve. I get mercy and grace, but now I have a covenant with God in Christ Jesus. So I don't have rights, but Jesus has rights, and I have a right to expect God to do what he said he would do according to my covenant with Jesus. The problem is he doesn't do it the same for everybody. What he will do is do it exactly, exactly the way you need it done and the way it will be the greatest benefit both to you and to the world around you so that you can be be a, a light to that world. God is just, but he's not always fair. But we get into waiting, you see. When we're in those times where we're waiting for him to do something, that's what the devil will play in our mind. He said the same thing types of things to uh, to uh, Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said to Eve, God is not being fair to you. There is this tree called the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you're not supposed to eat of that tree. And the reason he said it to you is because he's trying to hold something back from you. He knows that if you eat from that tree, you're going to be like him. Let me tell you something. They were already as much like God as it was possible for a human being to be. Now, the devil ignored something. The devil didn't mention that God had given them the tree of life. And they could eat of that tree and they would live forever. He focused on what God had not done. And he told Eve it wasn't fair. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do to you and me as we try and wait on God, wait for him to do what needs to be done, wait for the timing, wait for him to work in us, wait for him to work in others. Whatever the cause may be, there will be waiting. And the devil will make sure that you think that God doesn't care, and that he's being unfair to you. We need to nip that uh, thinking, as it were, in the bud and say, listen, I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to allow my mind to go there. There's something Jesus talked about, uh, and this, uh, the scriptures in Matthew, very famous, again, scripture, but it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, and uh, he says, you know, uh, concerning provision. This whole section is about provision. And isn't provision one of the things we have to wait on a lot? And God says, or Jesus says to the people who are listening to him, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Listen, there are those out there that want to say we're just like all the rest of the animals. We're just we're just part of, of the evolutionary process, and we're not different than anything else. Well, I believe the Bible, and the Bible says that God created man in his own image. But when Jesus is talking to them about provision, and inevitably that's going to involve waiting, he says, take a look around. Look at the birds of the air. Look, in, look at the flowers of the field. He says, God is taking care of them. And I was waiting on God for financial things to happen in our church one time and preaching on these things a little bit. And the Lord said this to me. He said, I want you to look outside and find a bird and look at that bird. And he says, every time that bird gets down to the ground and picks up a worm, 
that needs to be a guarantee to you that I'm going to take care of you because you are more important to me than the birds. You see, we need to remember what God has done for us. When the devil tells you it's not fair, he doesn't understand your circumstance, he's, he's overlooking your rights, he's not, he's not being right with you. Well, you need to look at the devil and say, devil, I'm not playing that game with you. God has done so many wonderful things in my life, and we've already gone over this, but this is a, a major key. Remember what God has done. Quit looking on what God has not done. That's what the devil wants you to do, and that's when you're going to feel that things aren't fair. Look at what God has done. Remember who God is. Read those first 26 verses. Read them out loud to yourself and to the devil and say, devil, I'm not playing that game with you because my God loves me. My God cares for me. He's not always fair. He doesn't have, I don't need him to be fair with me. Listen, we need to get that out of our mind that everything should be the same for everybody. That's not realistic. It's not life. It's not the way things work. And it's not the way God works. Far better that God be just with me, that he gives me not what I deserve from a sin standpoint. That's already taken care of. Not just what I deserve, uh, you know, in, in terms of I don't know, some things that we can think about. I, I can't pull one out of, out, of, out of my brain right now. But not just what I deserve, but he gives me what's right for me. Hallelujah. He gives me what I need. Do you know that he is right now, whatever you're facing, and there are those of you out there that are facing some real problem situations, he's right now beginning to prepare the right thing for you, the just thing for you. He's He hasn't forgotten. And by the way, he knows everything. We already went through that in the first 26 verses. He already knows everything. He knows what you need. He may not meet the need that you think you know. That's one of the big problems. We think we know what we need, but we don't know. God knows. And what he's going to do for you, hallelujah, I just feel like this is a prophetic word for somebody. What he's going to do for you is going to be far greater than what you can think in your mind. It says he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And I like to say, God, I can think pretty big. But what he's got planned for you is better than what you can ask, better than what you can think. The 28th verse, and I'm going to introduce this. We're going to look at this more next time. It says in Isaiah uh, chapter 40, back there, in the 28th verse, it says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. And here again, he's reminding us. And uh, the New King James, it kind of says it even differently. Let me get back there. I like the way it says it there because it's almost more comical. In verse 28, he says to Israel, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Didn't you know this? I mean, are you so dense? Are you so preoccupied with all the bad things going on around you? And that's what happens to us. Listen, watch the news to be informed, but read your Bible the way you pay attention to the news. Don't read, uh, watch the news the way and, 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 and put uh, the Bible on the back burner and judge the Bible by the news, judge the news by the Bible. Come on, somebody. And so he says, haven't you heard this? Don't you understand? The everlasting God, he's reiterating what he said in the first 26 verses, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. That's who we're talking about here. But then he says something that's so important. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. The term faint and the term weary. Weary Weariness leads to fainting. We're going to look at those in detail next time. But let me just say this to you. We get weary. 
and sometimes we faint. We'll find out what that means next time. So, so come back and join us. Uh, I put up on Facebook every time there's a there's a new uh, new uh, post that we do. Uh, but though we faint and we become weary, God does neither. Hallelujah. He doesn't faint. He doesn't become weary. He's not weary with you. Sometimes we get weary with people, but God is never weary with you. He's not weary dealing with you. There are some times when we think, well, you know, I, 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 I've asked and I've asked and I've asked and, and, and God's probably doesn't even want to hear from me. God always wants to hear from you. And he's not too weary with you to answer you. Now, sometimes we just aren't getting the answer that we want. But here's the one that you can know is coming. God loves you. He's never left you. He's not going to forsake you. He's with you today. He'll be with you tomorrow. He'll be with you forever. And he's working on your situation. So uh, he, he won't get weary. He's not going to give up. He's not going to faint and break down. We do, but he won't. Next time, we're going to look at those two words because that's part of what, what keeps us from receiving during our time of waiting. But today, just remember, God does neither. He neither faints nor is weary. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.